Hello! Uh, today is Tuesday and it is December 27th and welcome to the last Commissioner in a Car of 2022. I'm Dustin Sarney, I'm the Democratic Elections Commissioner for Onondaga County. And though I'm on vacation this week, uh, I still thought it would be important to keep up with some of my content here because uh, the hand count pushed a lot of stuff that was uh, I was I wanted to get done before the end of the year to uh, now the very end of the year, and uh, it, before you know it, 2023 will be here. In fact, it'll be here on Sunday, and uh, we'll be looking ahead to 2023. So I thought this week's episode of Commissioner in a Car would be a good time to kind of talk a little bit off the cuff about how what went down in 2022 and what were some of the major developments. Um, so this will be kind of more of a bird's eye view of 2022. I plan on for this week's weekly wonk uh, to do a little bit of a month by month breakdown along with some of the uh, stuff that I had on my website on dustinzarney.com. So um, on Sunday that should be uh, released uh, and hopefully you will uh, read that. But I thought it would be important in a podcast form or video cast form to talk about what I felt were the most important, uh, you know, overarching major themes of 2022. And uh, 2022, for elections anyways, starts and ends with redistricting. Uh, redistricting really played a huge role in uh, this year's elections uh, at the state and somewhat now at the county and local levels um, towards the end of 2022. But at the beginning of 22, it was all about the state redistricting and the New York State redistricting process. Uh, for the first time in New York State history, we had a independent, and I use quotes there, uh, redistricting commission. Uh, that was put into uh, place in 2014 um, for the next cycle, and uh, it, it was. And I, the reason I put it in quotes is because I never really refer, refer referred to it as the New York State Independent Redistricting Commission because I didn't believe it was independent. Uh, I believed that uh, that these were political appointees made up of the major parties and didn't really rise to the level of an independent redistricting commission. Uh, and, and what we saw was that it was designed to fail. Um, you had equal numbers of Democrats and Republicans on there, even though there's not equal numbers of Democrats and Republicans in the state. Uh, and, and this was supposedly a design to, to get, um, you know, the parties together and have them come up with consensus maps. And it did nothing of the sort. Uh, after a whole year in 2021 of uh, digesting data and uh, having uh, supposed, uh, you know, uh, uh, redistricting sessions all throughout the state, um, the Independent Redistricting Commission, again, what they're calling it, not what I call it, uh, but uh, the, the redistricting, the New York State Redistricting Commission uh, put forward a set of maps but they were not a consensus maps. In fact, they put forward Democratic maps and Republican maps in January 
um, and the legislature rejected those maps. Uh, and then uh, the Independent Redistricting Commission then was ordered to get back together and produce another set of maps. And here's the crux. Uh, the Republicans on the commission uh, decided not to attend it and uh, not to even come up with uh, partisan maps. They came up with no maps because they couldn't reach a majority to send maps to the legislature. So the legislature went ahead and drew their own lines. Well, uh, in February, uh, candidates started to walk uh, petitions based on the lines that were drawn by the New York State le Legislature. But then in a lawsuit was filed, and uh, even though, uh, you know, in, in, in April, candidates had put in petitions for these lines, uh, in late April, early May, some, uh, somewhere in there, we finally had a, a decision on that lawsuit which said that the process used by the New York State Legislature was partisan and that the uh, maps for the New York State Senate uh, and New York Congress had to be redrawn. New York Assembly was left out of this because they weren't initially sued on those maps, uh, although another lawsuit is ha happening on that, uh, and I'll go into that in a second. So then... The Senate maps and their congressional candidates were left in limbo. The judge ordered uh, that, and, and it went all the way through uh, to, the, to the highest court in New York, the New York Court of Appeals, um, that, uh, that, that we would have a second primary in August with maps drawn by a special master. And uh, we didn't even really have this finalized until the middle of May when we were already preparing for the June primary for the governor's election. Uh, then, uh, uh, during June, uh, these candidates walked petitions in new lines uh, once the special master drew the lines. And those lines took so many different forms. I think people had whiplash, especially locally with the New York Senate district lines, flipping back and forth. Um, you know, Rachel May's district went from going to Oneida into Cayuga, uh, John Mannion's, uh went from going to uh, Oneida into Oswego. Uh, it, it just uh, was a, a very chaotic, uh, intense month in May to get to these final maps and then have petitions start in June. Um, and that all of that really impacted boards of elections quite a bit because not only were we preparing for the statewide elections and the assembly elections in June, for the primary in June, but we had to come up with different maps on the fly for the Senate and congressional districts. And counties that were kept whole, uh, you know, they were okay, but there weren't that many counties that were kept whole, especially when we look at the New York Senate maps. And uh, it, it just uh, became quite a problem. And then, of course, for, to turn around and do an August primary uh, after June what was all problematic. And that's all because of the New York State redistricting process that, uh, you know, as much has been written about, about how it failed and, and why it failed. But uh, because of that failure, uh, it created a lot of chaos and a lot of uh, anxiety at boards of elections. 
which led to uh, a lot of uncertainty to, for voters. And I still believe that redistricting is why we saw so many close races uh, this year, because people were running in places that they've never run in before uh, with sh very short notice. And we saw uh, a lot of races that were very close because of that. So uh, that was the New York State redistricting. The, and that was really what shaped 2022. However, there was still local redistricting that is happening and will happen. Uh, the, the, the bad, there's the good and the bad here locally with that. Uh, the Syracuse, uh, the Syracuse uh, Independent Redistricting Commission, which is actually an independent uh, redistricting commission. It's made up of citizens. They went through and totally changed the city of Syracuse in August. And those maps were ratified by the Common Council. Um, and they will be taking to a, in effect in 2023, taking the five district councils in Syracuse and changing them. There was a lot of meetings on that over the last year, uh, a couple of very intense uh, Common Council meetings on that. Um, and, but that was a very good failure, or good, very good success. And, uh, you know, th those maps are in place and ready to go. And there is no legal. Uh, challenge to those uh, they have been uh, uh, accepted and uh, candidates are running uh, in those for 2023. Um, the bad is, of course, the Onondaga County Legislature maps. Now, that redistricting technically happened in 2021, at the end of 2021 uh, and into December of 2021. Um, the County Legislature and the uh, Redistricting Commission, the Charter Commission for the County, which I am a part of, um, you know, had a very partisan, intense battle on those lines in late 2021. However, we haven't heard much about it in, in uh, 2022 because the lines don't go in effect until 2023. There is a lawsuit, again, another uh, thing that I'm a part of, um, to uh, throw out those lines because they divided communities and are seen as partisan. That lawsuit is going to take uh, quite a bit of time and it looks like it, uh, it most likely won't reach a conclusion before uh, this next year. Uh, so people will be running on those uh, old maps um, this next year, uh, or not the old maps, the new maps drawn by the legislature in 2023, but those could change uh, based on the result of the lawsuit. Uh, finally, um, you know, and so that is, you know, that is all the redistricting news that kind of shaped this year. Then, of course, uh, the second uh, thing that I think really shaped 2022 was um, the New York governor's race, which ended up being closer than expected. Uh, although at the end of the day, not all that close. It was still like seven or eight points, but it was the closest governor's election since uh, George Pataki beat uh, Cuomo uh, back in 1994. So um, it was a close election, uh, but it wasn't necessarily uh, the uh, close election that many pundits, especially at the end, thought there was going to be, where Lee Zeldin was taking on Kathy Hochul. But uh, that race did tend to have a... Uh, down-ballot effect, uh, in, in my opinion. Uh, there was not as big of a coattails for the governor's candidate, which I think affected some of the New York congressional races um, that, that we had in these new districts 
where there weren't as many Democrats coming out, there weren't as many Democrats staying on the line, and uh, that, I think, contributes to some of the losses that we saw in New York on the congressional side. However, it is important to note that there weren't those losses on the um, Assembly and Senate side, and while Republicans picked up a couple of seats in those races, you still see supermajorities in the New York Assembly and the New York Senate. So statewide, uh, for Democrats, um, it was a successful year. There was many people that, you know, that one office, that supermajorities in both chambers were kept. The governors, uh, you know, uh, did uh, win. And outside of the congressional maps, which a, a lot of it can be blamed on redistricting, and some of it can be blamed on a, a poorer performance at the top of the ticket than is uh, normal, um, that, you know, there, it was actually a pretty successful year for Democrats uh, throughout the state. And in Onondaga County, uh, we picked up a sheriff's race uh, that was not something that many people expected. However, you know, the, uh, as I mentioned before, the congressional races did not fare as well. And, and that's also here in Onondaga County, the new New York 22 uh, which makes up Onondaga, Oneida, and Madison, um, you know, we lost, the the Democrats lost that congressional seat. It was an open seat. And a person who didn't even live in the district won that seat. Um, so and it was a hyper-thin win. It was one percentage point, I think it ended up come down to. That's a, a very small amount of uh, votes, you know, in a congressional race. Uh, I think it was the tightest, um, uh, you know, it, that we've ever had here in New York, or uh, in New York 22 anyways. Uh, Maybe uh, tighter than even the Maffei Burkle races back in, in the day. Uh, but uh, we saw, you know, that was a big thing this year, was those uh, tight races uh, for the congressional uh, races, and also Democrats not doing as well in New York as... Uh, was once hoped that they would do, which, while it didn't actually, you know, we probably lost four more seats than we thought we were going to uh, lose, um, but uh, because of that, House Republicans are going to be taking the majority, although it's not a one-to-one -one ratio there. Uh, you know, we could have won all four of those seats, and still the House Republicans would have had a majority uh, in, the, in the United States Congress, but... Um, it would have been a lot closer. Uh, and it definitely played a part. Um, so that was another big uh, story. Uh, another story that I feel like, uh, you know, obviously was something that took the, the nation by storm is the Dobbs decision on abortion. Uh, and we saw that play out here in New York. And I think it's one of the reasons why we saw such great performances by New York House, uh, uh, you know, Assembly and Senate uh, candidates, because um, people understood that, and even the governor's race, people understood that losing a legislative chamber or losing a uh, governor's uh, office would actually uh, make it more possible for the protections that New York women, uh, uh, you know, enjoy uh, under New York law. Uh, would not have the uh, Roe v. Wade uh, protections nationwide, and losing any of uh, you know any, any any control whatsoever would not only 
um, hurt our hand, in, you know, and make it more likely or, or somewhat likely that, uh, you know, restrictions could be put in place on abortion since Roe v. Wade wouldn't be in existence, that we wouldn't be able to adapt and strengthen abortion rights in New York. And I think that um, played a major factor as well, and definitely played a major factor nationwide, as you saw that uh, Democrats actually didn't do too bad. Uh, there's a nine-seat uh, majority for House Republicans, but many people thought it was going to be a 30- to 40-seat majority for House Republicans. Democrats actually picked up uh, um, the a senator uh, going to 51 uh, U.S. senators in a year that many people thought that they were going to lose the chamber. They picked up governor's offices. Uh, they picked up legislative offices. In fact, there are more people now living under Democratic legislators in the United States since the 80s. Um, so Democrats really did very well. And I think a lot of that is because of the Dobbs uh, uh, you know, decision by the United States Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade and make it uh, and, and energize Democrats in a midterm that they otherwise wouldn't be energized for. Uh, and then finally, uh, the uh, last, you know, kind of topic that I feel really weighed in on, uh, you know, 2022 was the, uh, the instrumental changes passed by the New York State Legislature for absentee ballots uh, and the hand count really came into focus in 2022 especially for the Onondaga County Board of Elections. Um, the, the ability to process and count absentee ballots before Election Day allowed us to declare winners on most races um, way before than we've ever done before because people were able to cast their vote and have it counted and not have it come under uh, extra scrutiny that was unwarranted by outside parties and also... You know, we saw New York lag weeks behind uh, the general election because we wouldn't count, be able to count a third of our ballots, uh, you know, or, or you know, or even a quarter of our ballots or whatever it ended up being, uh, because uh, they came in by absentee and, and wouldn't be able to be counted until after the election. So uh, the new laws that were passed by the New York State Legislature for absentee ballot counting uh, and canvassing before election day. That uh, allowed for boards of elections to finish their, their work uh, earlier and certify earlier, except for the places where they, we had a hand count. And that's where the legislature uh, put in a hand count, allowed us to, um, you know, any races that were under 0.5%, those, those races had to uh, be hand counted to determine the true winner. And, of course, the most, the biggest example locally is the, uh, uh, Senator Mannion, uh, Rebecca Sheroff race in uh, SD50 that had a hand count where we had a hand count 95,000 ballots and ended up having a race that on election night thought it was around a you know a um, uh, 200 vote lead for or 500 vote lead for Rebecca Sheroff ended up coming down to a 50 vote lead for John Mannion after the absentee counts. But after the hand count, it got even closer and it ended up being a 10-vote lead for John Mannion. And, I, and, I, and he is, has won. And I think that fluctuation shows you why it's important to have a hand count for these close elections because, uh, you know, machine elections aren't perfect. 
We have to certify. It takes time to do that. We have to count all the absentees. So any of these close races, having these this uh, ability to go to a hand count after the election, uh, you know, will allow us to determine true winners. And we saw that the uh, um, Rebecca Sheriff, who came up short by 10 votes, uh, immediately accepted the results at the end of the hand count and the end of the court proceedings and congratulated Senator Mannion and has not contested the election. And I think that is why the hand count is there, is to give a surety of results to the voters, to the candidates, and allow us to get to avoid what we see in Arizona and some of these other places where you have these candidates continuing to fight uh, and continuing to uh, argue over election results. So I think... Uh, the legislative fixes that our democracy has gone under in New York uh, since 2019 really came to bear uh, in 2022. Uh, you know, we had expanded early voting sites. We had the counting the absentees beforehand. We had the hand count. And all of these things uh, played a role in having, uh, uh, you know, our an election that, you know, and actually three different elections, the June primary, the August primary, and November general election. All these things came into play uh, this year, and they all played a role in the story of the 2022 election. And I think a significant role. Uh, so that's my quick and dirty look back at uh, 2022. Um, I do plan on doing a commissioner in car next week. I'll be back in the office next week. Uh, but uh, I will be doing commissioner in car next week, and we'll be looking ahead to 2023 and the races. Uh, that we have to look forward to and the election law changes. I did a weekly walk on that last week. It's on my website, DustinZarney.com. We talked about uh, some of the bills that were late, late bills that were signed by Governor Hochul that are going to affect our democracy uh, this next year. So uh, check that out. This weekend, I plan on doing a weekly walk where I look, I do a more formal look back at 2020. Uh, Two, and also, uh, you know, how I was able to perform on DustinZarney.com to be able to, you know, it's been a year since I've had this website. Um, and uh, I, I, I'll be interested to look back and look at some of the stats and see what content people like, what content didn't people like, but also all of the things that happened in 2022 as well. So check out that weekly walk on Sunday. Uh, on Friday, I think it will be uh, that I will be talking to Perry Grossman of the New York Civil Liberties Union. We'll be talking about the upcoming legislative session. And uh, we'll be seeing how uh, things uh, go forward in, in, in the new year. And he'll be talking a little bit about the, the legislation, the Harkin Ryder and Amador decisions uh, that were really played uh, a lot of... Uh, role in uh, this last 2022 election. So that's all I have for you today. Please be safe. Have a wonderful New Year celebration. I hope you had a beautiful Christmas. And uh, remember, don't drink and drive. Uh, you know, go out there. There's plenty of ride share options or call a friend uh, because uh, I want to see you happy and healthy in 2023. We got a lot of work to do, as we always do. And I'm looking forward to it. Bye-bye, everyone.